Hey, welcome to the Grow Tential podcast. My name's Chet. I'm a guest host here, uh, filling in for the amazing Sarah Berger. But with me is Doc, Dr. Dave Collins. Good to be with you. Hey, I'm happy to be doing this with you today. Like Jesus said, the poor you'll have with you always. So <laughs> here I am. Here we are. Yeah. That's a bad joke, but I get a lot of mileage out of that one. <laughs> Well, today we are uh, continuing a series you guys started. We're talking about game-changing mindsets. And today we're going to talk about courage, the courage mindset. Um, we both have uh, kind of become a fan of Ryan Holiday. Yes, we have. Uh, so we're going to lean on him a little bit. But yeah, would you just give us a, a working definition of courage for us? Yeah, I like uh, uh, Holiday's thinking that uh, courage isn't an emotion but it's really about uh, commitment. Uh, it's about uh, uh, persistence. Uh, uh, courage is, uh, no matter how difficult it is, I am, con I am committed to this and I'm gonna persist in it. Uh, he also connects courage with truth. That uh, we have to, in courage, we have to speak the truth to ourselves and to each other. Yeah, that's awesome. C.S. Lewis, I can't remember the quote exactly, but he basically says, you know, courage is the backbone of like all the virtues. Yeah. Uh, every virtue requires courage at some point. What do, you, what do you think about that? Well, like everything else he said, he's a genius, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and I think he got, I got it, got it right on. Um, uh, uh, my understanding of a virtue is... Um, uh, all the virtues affect each other. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's probably courage is the living out of the virtues, which makes it the uh, backbone for everything. Right. Because it takes courage to be loving, to be kind, to be. Yeah. Even to just try to attempt to improve your life at some level. Yeah. Or, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I've got a great quote here from Winston Churchill, and I'll read it. It says, he says, there comes a time, there comes in their lifetime, a special moment when they are figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered the chance to do a very special thing. Unique to them and fitted to their talents. What a tragedy if that moment finds them unprepared or unqualified for that which could have been their finest hour. Uh, so good. Winston Churchill. Powerful. Can't go wrong. And when we were talking about that quote, uh, we were talking just a little bit about God's calling on your life in this church. And I think most people who are part of our church who know you think of you as, you know, a courageous man and, and are inspired by that. But I wanted to go back to that moment, which I, I've heard before where, you know, the church was what, 100 people, 120 people. God put this big vision of we're going to reach a thousand people and, and disciple them. And, uh, you know, you hear that today. And if you're part of Christ church, you're like, well, yeah, uh, this is obvious. Uh, of course, <laughs> this is too easy. Yeah. Uh, but when you were in that moment and uh, if you maybe share a little bit about that moment and just how did courage play a role in, in your journey leading our church? Uh, it was, um, uh, that uh, vision cast uh, was at Lund Road. Yeah. And um, 
Chet, it was back in the day when we used uh, overhead projectors. <laughs> Do you know? The, I, yeah, the, I've heard. I've heard of them. The, <laughs> the little plastic sheet you put on. Uh, and uh, I, I had an overhead projection, um, and uh, I did this big vision cast. We're going to grow to a thousand in the next ten years, and. Um, uh, uh, we sensed God in the room. Yeah. But I had people looking at me like, uh, uh, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, part of it, uh, I was absolutely convinced I had heard from God. Mm. So the, the commitment part of it, uh, uh, the insecurity came because people started talking to me and saying, you know what, you're gonna ruin this church. Yeah. You're gonna promise people all this stuff. You're gonna get everybody's hopes up. And when this doesn't happen, uh, people are gonna lose faith in you. They're, 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 you're, gonna, you're gonna kill this church. Uh, and when you hear stuff like that, it, it it's, uh, it's unnerving. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, uh, because nobody wants to kill the church. Right. Uh, but in all, uh, wherever courage is required, there's risk. Mm. And if there isn't any risk, you don't, you don't need any courage, right? Right. Uh, I mean, there were days that, I mean, I would fast and pray. Uh, I would plead with God. Uh, lay on the auditorium floor and beg God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but I always had a sense, Jet, that uh, I was living in divine providence. Hmm. This I was doing something with God, and it just made it less difficult for me, I think. Yeah, and maybe we could jump there for a second. What how do you understand the relationship between faith and courage? Uh, or what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I believe, uh, I believe there is no real courage without faith. Mm -hmm. Okay. I believe there are some people who have courage and aren't Christians, but they have great faith in something else. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? They have yeah. faith in their training or they have faith in the people who are next to them. Uh, but for us as Christians, there really is no courage without this sense that um, God is uh, all-powerful. Uh, all uh, God is uh, unsearchably wise, and God is uh, infinitely good. Mm -hmm. And when you have this, that sense of the divine, then uh, courage is easier. Mm -hmm. uh, Chet, it's when we think we're doing this all by ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yep. When I feel like uh, I got to do this and hopefully God will like it, Right. that's where uh, we're in trouble. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's really helpful because I hear two really powerful strands in that. One is your vision of God. Yeah. And, and sometimes maybe there is a lack of courage in our life because 
our vision of God's too small. It's too, Absolutely. it's too underdeveloped. It's, uh, you know, not representative of who he actually is. And then secondly, just, uh, a clear sense of what God's asking you to do. Yeah. Um, which again, I think to, to get that, I mean, that can take effort. Um, most people, I, would you agree with this? They're, you're probably, you're going to have to work and pray and seek the Lord to get the clarity that you had in that moment yeah. um, to get you to that point. Is that fair? I do think uh, in the, uh, at the pace of life we live, yes, we start losing uh, the quietness where God does his best work. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has done his best work in my life when I have pursued the quietness, when I've disciplined myself to shut up, to, uh, to pray, to uh, set everything aside and seek the Lord with all my heart. Yeah. Uh, that's where God has done his best work in my life. Mm-hmm. And I always come out of those times feeling uh, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens right. me. Do right. you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it fortifies your soul. Yes, it does. For the work of God. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. And I'm just thinking today where, I mean, if you're listening, you're like me, you're overly connected to your phone. <laughs> you know, there's always like me, you know, always something going on that. Because a lot of times you think about courage as, you know, you're a courageous person or you're a cowardly person. Like we think we have all these false dichotomies or these kind of um, uh, superficial ways of thinking about it. But I think, yeah, time in the presence of God, clarity from God uh, is the back can be the backbone of our courage as far as a Christ. Yeah, I believe that if uh, I mean, even Jesus himself. He had, uh, he often went at night and prayed alone. Uh, They would, he would get up in the morning before everybody else got up and they'd have to hunt him down because he was out there praying. Right. Uh, And that's Jesus himself. If he needed it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So I, uh, I am a, uh, I am a firm believer in creating time where uh god rubs off on me yeah do you know what i mean yeah uh and i always come out of that fresh yeah i always come out of that sensing uh man we're gonna win right Uh, i i come out of those times saying uh these problems just don't seem as big to me as they did Mm mm-hmm now, do you, is that, uh, would you say in your life a daily thing that you do, or is that kind of um, like a seasonal thing where you, maybe yeah. you take several hours and w- what's that look like? So I have my daily devotions, Yeah. but that's, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's just to keep my soul from starving to death. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? I do. That's a uh, subsistence living. Mm-hmm. So I do try to set some time aside. Um, I usually try to connect it to my plan and review day. Mm -hmm. So uh, before my plan and review day or after my plan and review day, uh, if I can, I I do it in the morning because those are my best hours. But if I can't, I do it in the afternoon. And uh, 
I just try to have this serious, quiet time um, and uh, humble myself under the mighty hand of God. Yeah, amen. Now, I think we uh, probably all would agree courage is, is something you can grow in. That, yeah, some people, maybe they're born with a little uh, more of it naturally. But but all of us, whether you are or not, we all need to cultivate it and grow in it. And uh, silence, solitude with the Lord, seeking his voice, hearing it. What what are some other practical ways that come to mind that that someone who's like, you know what, I want to cultivate this. uh, What other guidance would you give them? Uh, I have a I started a habit in my life when I was younger. do the thing you do not want to do right give yourself no excuses okay when you do when when you get when you make it this is who i am and you don't let yourself have any excuses and you just do the hard thing you become more courageous yeah you you find out you can have unpleasant conversations with people and you still live mm-hmm. uh, you you find out you can have hard meetings that don't go the way you wanted them to go and God still works so do force yourself to do the thing you don't want to do and to and probably do it first because mm-hmm. then everything gets easier. eat that frog <laughs> <laughs> everything is easier after you yep. do the and then after you do that enough, it just it becomes a good habit in your life, mm-hmm. and and uh, you're able to say to yourself, uh, "I'm not going to live with the way I'll I'll feel if I don't do this." Mm-hmm. And so we're we're getting on this. Yeah. Ah, uh, I mean we've worked together a long time. Uh, I don't let stuff hang. Mm-hmm. Uh, we. We dig into it, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 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 do the hardest thing first. Yeah. I think that's a good step toward courage. I think another good step toward courage is um, uh, we're both readers. We yeah. like to read. Oh, yeah. And uh, when I read what other great people have done, it rubs off on me somehow mm-hmm. or another. I feel the same way. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 we were talking about Churchill, and it, I, when I read these biographies of Churchill, it rubs off on me. Yeah. And I say, I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what is your sense? I think that's great. That was actually my first thought, is you have to do things that stretch where you're at right yeah. now and kind of make it a habit. I think that is one, uh, it's one unexpected blessing in ministry at least in my life, because I feel like in ministry, there's always something that you're afraid to do. You know, always. like you, you brought up tough conversations. You know, I've uh, that I've never liked having uh, tough conversations, you know, beginning in ministry, you want to avoid them or whatever, but they're an absolute necessity Yeah, for your health, for the church's health, for all that. But then once you get... <laughs> many of them under your belt you get a way different comfort level with them yeah but but it's kind of like progressive you know and and i think so much of what god might be calling us to do or what might be really healthy for our life it it feels scary in the moment but can you yeah can you just do like one thing that that you're a little bit afraid of or that you feel is a little bit beyond you and 
kind of there's a holy confidence that grows over time i believe that um and, and it's god honoring so yeah i i think that's uh, that that was where my head went as well and i agree reading stories you know is is so inspiring um yeah so many good winston churchill stories we could <laughs> we were sharing before but so what do you think people miss out on in life when uh when, when we choose the path that is encouraged you know when we when we choose the easy way or we choose to stay in our comfort zone what do you what do you miss out on well first of all the biggest thing you lose is you don't live an amazing life yeah uh, you throw away your opportunity to live an amazing life mm-hmm. uh, and by amazing I don't mean uh, amazing other people I mean living in the amazement myself uh, uh, Abraham Joshua Heschel talks about radical wonder mm. and you uh, uh, I've lived in adventure, Chad. Yeah. I mean, I have honestly lived in adventure. Uh, uh, Sharon and I uh, were walking across the parking lot holding hands, and and she said, uh, uh, hasn't God been good to us? Uh, You missed the opportunity for that. Right. God wants you to have it. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, He's waiting to be uh, gracious to you. And uh, because... uh, we're risk averse or we're uh, beaten down by fear. We lose this great privilege of living an amazing life. Mm-hmm. Um, we also uh, miss out on uh, the adventure of faith. Uh, I, I've always loved that part of our mission where we talk about the adventure of faith. Uh, when I read the Bible, they're always on an adventure. Yeah. Abraham has to sell, have a going out of business sale uh, to have the courage to go where God says, I'll tell you when you get there. <laughs> right. Uh, 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 Joseph lived this great uh, adventure of faith. Uh, Moses, uh, David, uh, the Apostle Paul, everybody I like in the Bible, they, they had courage and they got to live this adventure of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, God did uh, around them uh, exceedingly and abundantly above what they could ask or think. And without courage, we defraud ourselves of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can go around, uh, in fact, as we did at one time, I drove you to a place where uh, the that church uh, started about the same time we started. Yeah. And, uh, uh, they looked ex- they look exactly now like they looked 40 years ago they've had no adventure of faith mm. do you know what i mean yeah um one more thing i also think uh we miss uh god is closest to us when we are in the middle of it mm. remember when they're stoning stephen he said i see christ standing at the yeah. right hand of the father uh we sense God more when we are uh, when we need Him more. Yep. When when uh, we'll fail if He doesn't help us, we just have a greater sense of God in our lives. Yeah, yeah, that's great. 
And it seems to me that, you know, anything really worthwhile in life is going to require courage. Absolutely. Uh, and it's going to require more than you have right now. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yes. Uh, so I think if, if you shut the door to it, yeah, you're, you're really shutting the door to a lot more than than you think. Absolutely. Because what feels safe isn't you isn't usually safe. It's ironic. <laughs> right. Um, and so anyway, yeah, that's that's excellent. What would you I I really believe um, that one of the greatest uh, things that that will knock you out of ministry and, and maybe this is all leadership is discouragement. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the I don't think like evil is probably going to maybe be able to make you turn your back on God, but it can discourage you so much that you just stop trying. You stop risking. You stop uh, you know, doing what God wants you to do. Cause you're just wallowing in your, your self pity. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> At least that's that. what it can look like in my life. I hate that. Feeling. <laughs> but how do you, um, how do you deal with discouragement and leadership in life? Um, what, what does it look like in your life and, and how do you move through it? I think, uh, uh, this is where our personal relationship with Christ is everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, remember when David and his men went back to Ziklag mm-hmm. and they were ready to kill him? Uh, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't expect other people to um, carry me. Uh, I want to be. I, I want to be. I want to be a man of God who lifts things around me. Amen. I don't want to be the guy that everybody has to walk on eggshells around and uh, pick you up when you're down. Yeah, yeah. A, a poor you. Uh, I don't want that. Uh, so I think it begins with my personal relationship with Christ. That uh, Christ, uh, Christ encourages me. Christ affirms me. Um, so then I'm not having to do all this self-help stuff, uh, which I believe in God bless them. But I, uh, I'm, I feel, uh, uh, the life of Christ. Yeah. And, uh, when I feel the life of Christ, discouragement, uh, dissipates. Mm -hmm. It just, they can't, they don't live together. Right. Um, there's something about the life of Christ that's optimistic. Mm-hmm. It's full of hope. It it's uh, it's uh, uh, please God, let me have another chance. Right, right. <laughs> you know. Yep. Uh, I have worried uh, several times in my life that uh, uh, God would say, "Okay, if." You don't want to do it anymore? I got other guys on the team, dude. Take right. a seat on the bench. <laughs> yep. Uh, Thank God for grace. Yes, please. So uh, I also realized that some people are more prone to discouragement yeah. than others, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and if that is, if you're prone to that, then you, you got to get help and yeah, do the healthy stuff. And Yep. I, I reread... Uh, lectures to my students charles spurgeon and the chapter the minister and his fainting fits yeah remember that chapter? i do remember it well and, and he it's really kind of all about discouragement yeah. and uh and he talks about you know that you know number one it's normal um and he has kind of some interesting uh ideas around it like he said 
uh, hey, in, in my life, he, he calls it a prophet because <laughs> he said it usually means God's going to, he's moving and there's something good coming. And, and so, you know, he said sometimes it's a sanctifying thing that, you know, in, in the, in that that fire of emptiness, he's able to lean on the Lord more, yeah. and then when the Lord blesses him, it's more apparent apparent that this was God, you know, not you. Uh, he's got some cool things to say about that, and Spurgeon seemed to struggle with it, oh, maybe yeah. more than most, and had some the Surrey Music Hall where people died in a yeah the f- collapse the, yeah, and he said that weighed on him tremendously. But he has a he has a, a couple great lines that I love. And he says, you know, when you're in a discouraged place, he said, uh, I can't remember exactly how I said, but basically find any faith you can in your heart. Nothing else matters, but just try to cultivate. And, and that was always inspiring to me. Yeah. Uh, call that out of your heart and soul. And then he has this other great line. Uh, when there's no visible sec- visible success before you serve the Lord with double earnest. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds like Charles Spurgeon. Yeah. But so inspired to me. I can uh I can be encouraged too by uh like uh reading the Westminster Confession definition mm. of God. Yeah. So I'm not thinking about myself right. all the time, you know. Right. I, I I'm I'm moving my focus off of I'm discouraged about this. I'm disappointed about that. I can't believe that person did that. I take, I get to shift my focus off myself. Uh, that is always uh, helpful to me when I, I start thinking about how good God is yeah. and not about yep. my loser plight. <laughs> right. Do you ever find it? I find... Uh, like exer- like getting out of my head and into my body some way is helpful to me to like shake off some of that. Is has that been true in your experience? Or? Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, it was a yeah. lot more true. Uh, yeah. I can remember uh, riding my motorcycle and just praying, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just having a sense of uh, the presence of God out in the middle of nowhere. Uh I don't do sports anymore. Yeah. Uh, my head says I'm 18, and yeah, I hear that. I golf this weekend, and my back is sore, <laughs> and I think I'm I'm ready to hang everything up. <laughs> but well, there all the research that I've read talks a lot about the rising anxiety of younger generations. You know, millennial and below, and just kind of the younger you are seems likely the more uh, struggle with anxiety and fear what number one what are your thoughts on that and what would you say to younger generations or younger people listening in today my guess is we've taught children that they're just uh random biological functions we've 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 raised a whole generation that said there is no meaning if if there is you cre- you invented it yourself uh we we've uh bombarded these kids with uh messages of uh ugliness and violence and uh uh so they look at all of that 
and they say, if the world is this ugly and my life doesn't have any meaning, right? I, I got to do this for the next 50 years. Uh, <laughs> right. Or uh, they, they live in a world where you can be canceled for one wrong mistake. Mm -hmm. uh, I can see why I, I can see where that anxiety comes from. Uh, uh, plus, uh, the mom and dad setting the tone at home. Mm -hmm. And if, they, if uh, they're anxious and uh, uh, they, they create reality for the kids. Yeah. Uh, Courage and anxiety are contagious. Yes. Yes, they are. They infect each mm -hmm. other. We've infect each other with it. So what I would say is, uh, first of all, I'd say to parents, start paying attention to how your home feels. Mm, that's great. Start paying attention. What does it feel like for, your, for you to be home? Mm. What are you doing to create a place that uh, when school's over, your kids want to run home. Right. And they don't want to go over to their yeah. friend's house till, all right. And then, then I would say, uh, 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 I don't know what, what age this starts to get appropriate, but uh, the church has to be the, um, we have to be the ones who take these kids by the hand and show them a better way. Mm. They're not gonna learn it at school. They're not gonna learn it on the TV. The church has to be a place where when these kids come here, we create an environment where the reality of God is uh, 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 palpable. Yeah. And we start saying yeah. to them, you are a person. God knows you. He loves you. You have a meaning. Your life has a purpose. Mm -hmm. And we start walking these kids toward the reality of living in God's created world. Amen. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I'm thinking about, uh, I, I really believe there's always more in us than we think there is. I do too, Chad. And, and you know, the, the things that we are afraid of yeah you're, you're sitting there and you're doing nothing and it, and it feels so overwhelming but then you just take one step and it just everything begins to look different but Absolutely. you know between zero and one is the battle yes. but if you can just get there uh it, it could make such a difference and i also think and you can tell me your thoughts but be careful with how you identify yourself Absolutely. you know like even all of us listening, you might, you know, feel that, yeah, you're, you get anxious and you get afraid and, and that is all normal and natural, but I don't want to make those things my identity. No. Because whether they are or not, I want, I want to invite the spirit and Christ to shape me into a more courageous man. I want to begin to Absolutely. think about myself that way. Absolutely. And, and I think sometimes we, we really sell ourselves short, short because we, uh, we create this uh, unhealthy way about thinking about ourselves. Absolutely. Self-affirmation is, uh, I think it's a spiritual discipline. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say to myself what God says. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, uh, what kind of love God uh, gave us that we get to be called the children of God and we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, when the church was going through a really hard time, uh, I used to say right out loud, I am a man of God. Yeah. 
no matter what anybody else says, <laughs> yeah. no matter what they think. No uh, one may agree with me right now, but <laughs> <laughs> I just except I would, the Lord. <laughs> yeah, I would actually say outside aloud to myself, I am a man of God. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Chet. We have to be self-affirming. Yeah, absolutely. I I love the Phillips Brooks, the you know Boston preacher, but he says. Uh, says don't pray for tasks equal to your powers but pray for powers equal to your tasks yeah um and and just yeah trust god's gonna meet you you know in in the heart and every if if he's calling you in that direction uh he'll meet you there i believe that so let's just kind of end here and i love uh thinking about the, the courage of christ and and the the courage that that comes with the presence of christ um, what what thoughts do you have on that? No one can read the Gospels and not be absolutely uh, inspired by Christ's courage. Yeah. Uh, they plotted against him. Mm-hmm. They sent people with trick questions. Uh, they brought false accusations against him. And he just always showed up, Chad. Yeah. You couldn't beat the man down. Uh, he knew every day that Judas would betray him, but he had the courage every day to be gracious and gentle and kind to Judas. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he wept and prayed in the garden, but then he got up and went to the cross. I mean, yep. I am stunned by his courage. I'm, I'm not just stunned by his physical courage. I'm stunned by his moral courage. Mm-hmm. He faced Satan when he had fasted for 40 days. Right. I fast for 40 days. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't face a small kindergartner. No, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have a coherent thought. <laughs> he faced Satan when he had fasted 40 days. Um, and uh, I, would, I would also like to say... Uh, Chet, he's still courageous. Yeah, he's he still shows up. He he's he's he shows up in our lives. He he shows up in divine providence. Uh, he shows up in the church. Just cr- generation after generation, he lives up to his uh, a promise that I will never leave you or mm. forsake you. Wherever people are in the hardest things, Christ is right there with them. Amen. Still courageously showing up. Amen. Yeah, we've been looking through Mark's gospel. I enjoy Mark's gospel so much. I love the, uh, you know, the succinctness of it and the movement of it. And I love uh, one of my favorite stories is Jesus calming the sea because I love boats and all that kind of thing. And uh, but that story ends, you know, even the, the wind and the waves obey his voice. Yes. And then he goes and, you know, there's a demoniac possessed and the, the demons are freaked out by him. Yeah. And, uh, and I just, I, I love just that picture of, uh, you know, there's a lot of scary and hard things in the world, but Christ is above all of them. They all, yes, they all yes. bend to his will into yes, his yes. voice. And I just, that gives me a lot of strength, you know? Um, and inspiration. And like you said, and knowing he, you know, he is with you, his spirit yes. lives in you. Uh, it's a powerful thing to connect to. It is absolutely life-changing. 
And tell him the Mattis quote. Oh yeah, yeah. So General Mattis, uh, he was a Marine Corps general, but he says uh, a reporter asked him. They said, General Mattis, what keeps you up at night? You know, you're in command of all the military. He was a Secretary of Defense at one point. All the struggles, threats in the world. What keeps you up at night, sir? And he said, nothing. I keep the enemy up at night. And uh, it's one of the best quotes ever. But, you know, when you think about what I thought about is that there may be a little bravado in what he said, but that is true of Christ. That is nothing keeps him up at night. No, but he keeps all the powers against him up at night. He does. Um, And that's our Lord. That's our Savior. And that's that's the one we we cling to in this life. Absolutely. So we are in good hands. So. That's our source of courage, I think. I believe that's true. Amen. Well, Doc, thanks for having this conversation. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for sharing, and we hope that was helpful to you.